Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, channel pros. This is your host and channel chief, Rob Spee. Welcome to episode 82 of Channel Journeys. I'm working my way up to episode 100. I have another great episode for you today with a channel pro from Europe for some international flavor this time. Before we get to that, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank Allbound for sponsoring Channel Journeys. You can't run an efficient partner business without an efficient and powerful partner management system, and Allbound is the maker of a world-leading partner portal their PRM is fast and easy to set up, and their user interface makes it super easy on partners to collaborate on co-selling and co-marketing, including the ability to rebrand your white-label collateral. They have best-in-class reviews for user experience and support. Check them out at allbound.com. All right, today's guest, Carl Farback. He has an impressive title and an impressive channel pedigree. Carl has been running channels at SAP for the past 15 years, where he rose from Global Channel Sales Manager to the top channel position, Chief Partner Officer. Carl started his channel career at one of the most partner-friendly companies in the world, Microsoft, and I'd say he tested his mettle at Oracle and CA, companies not exactly known for their channel friendliness. And channel chiefs, you know, they don't typically last more than two or three years in a company, making Carl's tenure in channel leadership at SAP even more impressive. Are you ready to hear what's on the top of SAP's Chief Partner Officer's mind? Let's go. Hey, Carl. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Hi, Rob. Nice to meet you. and nice, nice to be here. Yeah, great to meet you as well. So where are you hunkered down in this COVID season? <laughs> I am based in Barcelona in Spain, um, and that's where I'm really uh, based uh, and, and not moving so much since uh, 2020, right? Beginning of 2020 when all this craziness and, and madness started about COVID, right? And since then, I'm here. I've been traveling uh, quite a while at the uh, after the summertime this year, right? But then situation is getting a little bit tricky again, right? So that's this is why I'm still here in Barcelona. But looking forward to a, a change in 2022, right? Want to go back to the road, want to go back to see the partners, meet the people face to face. I think this is really needed. We, it is very needed. Yeah, we're hitting the road in a couple of weeks for our sales kickoff, which right now we're still doing it for all the people that can make it. So yeah, it, it needs to happen. Are you from Barcelona? I'm half German, half Spanish, right? So I was actually born and raised in, in Spain. Um, my father is German. I have both passports as well, the German one and the Spanish one. I've been living as well for uh, quite some time in Germany, right? In the US as well, I lived in, in one year in, in, in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. I've been kind of traveling uh, back and forth, um, and I'm not originally from Barcelona. If you look at uh, Spain in the map, up in the north, there is a small city called San Sebastián uh, in the Basque Country, and that's where I'm from. I know San Sebastián. Oh, really? Yeah. It was one town that I visited. I did a college, well, post-college backpacking trip, you know, the get the URL pass, travel through Europe. We started in London, we passed down through Paris, and then we went through San Sebastián and spent a couple days there. Exactly, it's right at the border with the with France, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the first place I had churros con chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> you know it well. <laughs> it was it was fantastic. I bought a sweater there because I remember it was still pretty cold, so I I kept that sweater for many years. It's one of the most rainy. I mean, people think of Spain of uh, sun and good weather and blue skies and so on, but not in San Sebastian. It rains a lot there. 
Yeah, we spent a lot of time in the coffee shops. <laughs> well, fantastic. So, Carl, you're chief partner officer. Does that put you in the C-suite? <laughs> I'm almost there, right? I think that, that was a move. Uh, I think when, if you look at the industry, right, and you look at chief partner officers, right, that title, uh, we haven't seen so many, right? For the, I mean, it was channel chief, it was a head of partnering and so on. But back then, when I took the role almost three years ago, the company did a, a move of really putting the ecosystem at the very center of the SAP strategy, right? And they said, look, we need someone really to manage the ecosystem end-to-end, and we need to elevate the role and make sure that it interacts as well with our executive board at SAP because the ecosystem is becoming so relevant, right? Channel partners, um, GSSPs, uh, services partners, they all play a big, big role for SAP going forward, especially with the move to the cloud. And this is why we created that role at SAP. Um, But to be honest, I think I've been looking at the social media and so on, LinkedIn, and and I've seen more and more a chief partner officer. So probably something that will stay and, and very happy for it, by the way. Yeah, you're starting a good trend. So do you report into the CEO or, or CRO or how does that work? No, I report into the, I mean, we have the CEO, Christian Klein, right? And then we have the executive board, right? If you look at the customer success area, which is led by Scott Russell, a, basically the chief revenue officer of SAP, I report into that area, right? So I don't report into the CEO. I mean. I have probably kind of a weekly interactions with the CEO, uh, with our development head, Thomas Sauer-Essig, our head of platform as well, uh, Jürgen Müller, with Scott Russell himself. So actually, I mean, the entire board of SAP is super um, I mean, passionate as well about the ecosystem. And uh, I think it probably, I mean, I've been for, uh, at SAP more than 15 years, right? And, and this is the first time, right, during my journey this last three years, I'd really at the helm of the, of the partner organization, what I've really seen so much attention, right? Partnering was very relevant always for SAP, right? Actually, at the very beginning of the SAP days, actually 50 years ago this year, we always worked with partners, right? That was kind of uh, Arthur Anderson back then and so on. So they were always part of the implementation of the of the value uh, equation for the customer. But right now, they are really at the center of, of SAP. So this is uh, changing a lot. So 15 years, were those all in channel roles, Carl? Uh, right, exactly. So I've been uh, in channel roles or related to channel. I actually started um, in the headquarter in Germany, and I was basically defining uh, the Partner Edge program, which didn't exist back then, which is our our partner program, right? Uh, and I was one of the of the ones defining it, right? And then since then, I've been doing many jobs, always in the partner organization. I went to the field. I managed partners myself. I was running as well for some time the. The small business segment, right? Small mid-size and a business segment, which basically is, is a partner business, right? Led by partners. I've been as well managing the, in the one of the big players, right? Uh, the GSSP is the global services partners, and then I was as well uh, the, the chief operating officer of the organization. Then I was promoted three years ago to the chief partner officer role. So quite a journey. Yeah, that's a great journey. Yeah, congratulations. It's almost unheard of. I've probably been in five different companies in five different channel roles, you know, in the last 15 years. So way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking at the beginning kind of about COVID, that this COVID season that just keeps coming back and back. What are you seeing in the SAP channel? You know, what impact is that having on your channel? Well, when we all kind of exploded, right? Back then in, I think it was February, March 2020, I believe, um, when we we were all in shock, right? We didn't know exactly what to expect. and, And I was... I mean, we actually put back then a, a COVID task force for the partners, right? We helped them with cash flow. We helped them as well with the 
kind of extending the partnerships as well and not having them to really go through all the, the certifications. And so we basically kind of were more flexible when it comes to dealing with the partners and we we're offering as well some help, right? Um, because I thought that it was this was going to be a big crisis for them. It was tough for everyone, but if I look at our channel partners, um, they were probably in a healthy situation still, right? I mean, with, with all the, the disruption that COVID has created uh, for every one of us in, in the world. Uh, if you look at the SAP channel and if you look as well at the SAP results, I think the SAP ecosystem is still in very good shape. I think that uh, COVID created as well the move for companies to digitalize, to transform, right? And that's exactly the, the SAP business and that's as well the business of our of our partners. So uh, I think, and again, I mean, when, when I talk to partners, many of them are telling me, look, I mean, last year, right, or, or, or this year was my, my best year ever, right? So we see a lot of those partners really uh, being in a very good position. Obviously, they need to go through a quite a transformation because they need to move completely to cloud, right? And some of our partners were coming as well from an on-premise background and so on. So, but once they do this turn, once they do this transformation, they are very successful. So I think I'm, I'm proud as well to, to see that our channel is not only surviving, but actually even growing much faster. That's great. And SAP, have you guys moved 100% to the cloud with your offerings? No. Yeah. We still have an on-premise business, right? Um, but if you look at the, the growth rate uh, of on-premise and, and cloud, we have I mean, a high double-digit growth uh, in, the, in the cloud, right? And, and we see the on-premise business being as well kind of stagnant, right? But there's something as well we drive on purpose because we believe that the cloud is the future. We want to go there and we're really aggressively addressing all our customers and our partners to make sure that they move to the cloud quickly, right? That they see as well the, the, the benefits of being in the cloud, that they see as well the opportunity to transform by being in the cloud. So we still have an on-premise business, but again, the transition to the cloud is being, uh, I see it as well very, very fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you have a huge legacy on-prem business right. that will over time is, is migrating to the cloud. Are you seeing your partner's business models change more rapidly as a result of, of COVID? Yeah, a big time, right? So if, if you look at when, I think the, the first thing, what, what we see is before the cloud, right? Um, or before this kind of COVID acceleration to the cloud, we looked at the partners or the partners even looked at themselves more in, in those boxes that we were putting in, right? A VAR was a VAR, an SI was an SI, an ISV was an ISV. Now with the cloud, partners see as well the need to really kind of get away from those lines, right, as, as they really blur, and they're adopting as well new models, right? The topic of IP, the topic of, of innovation is something that we see in, in every partner type, if you want, right, really becoming super relevant, right, because that drives growth, it drives profitability, and it drives margin for the partners. So you see VARs really getting into building IP and trying to monetize that. Even the SIs are investing heavily as well on building assets, right? And, and kind of digitalizing all the, the knowledge and the information that they have in their uh, organization, right? And really putting it in a form of IP, right? So it, we see that a lot, right? So yes, I mean, the, the business model has changed. Uh, again, lines are blurring between partner types. And then the partners are as well adopting different ways of monetization, right? One of them is building IP. And then the other one that we see as well that is really growing a lot is the whole element of, of revenue share, right? Uh, so moving really away from pure resale models into really revenue share, right? So they do it on their paper. They share a piece of revenue with us. And then when we sell, we share a piece of revenue with them. So those kind of models is something that we see a lot. What are you doing as part of your channel program to support and drive that, that partner innovation? 
Yeah. So, I mean, when we looked at partner innovation, right, and we saw that coming, right? And, and again, I think that's a key component of the cloud, right? It's not only changing the way you sell, the way you do marketing, and the way you service your customers as well with the kind of more remote type of services, right? Not really sending consultants on site all the time. So this is part of the cloud. But the other one that really drives, again, profitability, growth, and margin is building IP, building those assets. So we looked at the topic. And then we realized, number one, that for the partners, it wasn't easy to, to build IP right on SAP. So we were sometimes putting the hurdles too high. So the entry point for the partners was not easy. And so we took those barriers down, right, in terms of giving access to test and demo licenses, making sure as well that the cost of partnering was, was as well taken down. And, and then once they were getting access to the, to the built world of SAP, we realized as well that the technology that we had was not easy for them. So what we have done is we have improved the technology, right? And, and basically what we want them to do is to build on the business technology platform, right? As, as the nexus of all the integrations and all the extensions and all the innovation, right? If you, do, if you build on top of SAP. So we made sure as well that we're working very closely with our development team that the business technology platform was partner friendly, right? So we have done a lot of improvements there. Then still our partners needed some guidance, right? So we have been investing a lot in, we call them development angels, right? Basically people, SAP employees that really work with the partners hand in hand. Uh, they coach them, right? They give them as well, as well advice on, on where to build, what's the white space, how to build. Uh, we do as well kind of hackathons to make sure that we help the partners to build in that process, right? And then once they have built that innovation, then the only missing part was really the go-to-market, right? And here we have created a new, we call it progression journey, right? It's, it's basically a new uh, program, right? It starts by helping the partners to publish the IP they have created into our marketplace, right? Into the SAP marketplace, where we can kind of funnel customer requests. We create demand, right? For the customers and we give them as well visibility, right? Then the next level uh, up is endorse apps, Right. So we basically don't only publish the solution, but we actually endorse it. Right. We work as well with our sales teams in the field to make sure that they understand the partner solution. Right. And they understand as well I mean, what are the benefits and, and in which scenarios can they position that. Right. And then the highest level of that program, that progression journey, it's called solution extension. Right. And basically, we take the partner solution, we put it on our price list, and we have our salespeople selling it on SAP paper. Right. So basically, we are resellers of our partners in, in the IP world. So, so that's kind of the, the volume to value story, right, of, of monetizing the IP. And, the, and then those models are all based on revenue share, right? So the more you go into value, the more revenue they have to share with us, right? And then if it's in the marketplace, we're talking right now about 15%, right? So that's kind of the progression journey to help them monetize, right? And, and then very importantly as well, we compensate our people as well on the partner solutions they sell. Okay, interesting. And those partner solutions, are they typically just SAP or are there other technologies that are integrated by the partner that, to bring into a full solution? We are open, right? Um, we obviously want them to build on, on, on the business technology platform, right? And, and there are incentives for that as well. So if a partner builds on, on, on the business technology platform or kind of migrates what they have built into the BTP, into the business technology platform, they are high incentives. But we are open as well. And we're going to take the best of the best that is out there in the market, right? Uh, and even we, we're going to do that even proactively, right? Uh, starting in 2022, uh, we are looking very deeply into our portfolio, right? And we're identifying areas where we say, look, here, not a core area of SAP, 
we don't need to continue to build here. Why don't we give it to a partner that can do it better than us, right? So we're gonna, you're going to see as well next year, starting in, well, actually this year, 2022, that we're going to go proactively to some partners and we're going to stop developing because we believe that the partner has a better chance and we want to partner with the best. Uh, and, and there, obviously, we cannot force them to be a building on BTP. Obviously, it's preferred, but not, say, mandatory. Yeah. Well, that's good that you're going down that path. You know, one of the big fears partner has is, well, we'll build it, then the vendor's going to steal it, right? They're always concerned about that. Exactly. No, actually, it's the opposite, right? We, we, if the partner has it uh, and it's better than us, we actually want to help them to position it to our customers so we can create more value. Are these typically vertical solutions or, or sub-vertical that they're creating? It could be everything, right? I mean, it could be extensions, right? Which normally uh, can extend the functionality of the product, right? Or can extend... Uh, uh, when it, or can, to your point, can verticalize a solution. Um, just to give an example, right? If you look at the industry, right? Industry solutions at SAP, right? And you look at the on-premise times, that was one of the winning value propositions of SAP, right? We were able to go with our products very deep into every, mostly every single industry, right? Uh, verticalizing our, our solutions. And, and our customers saw that they could buy something that was really tailored to their specific industry needs, right? Um, if you look at the cloud, we need to do everything from scratch, right? And we have been working on that, right? In, in terms of really uh, going back to this industry flavor. And what we have said there is, look, can we really develop everything on our own? And, and the answer clearly is not, right? So what we have done here is we have clearly communicated to the market and to the partner ecosystem that we're going to be building 20%, right, of that industry cloud content and, and, and verticals. And then 80% of it, we expect to be built by the, by the partners, right? So this is clear guidance on, on what we expect from the partners. So yes, I mean, to, to your question, it can be the extension of a functionality. It can be an add-on, for example, to our, our solutions, or it could be as well very heavy industry vertical flavor. What uh, pricing model are partners using as they start developing their IP and, and go to market? And not just with their own IP, but what are you seeing there? Yeah, it's basically, I mean, it's cloud subscription models, right? But we see uh, a lot. Uh, and that's as, actually as well for some of those on-premise partners, a, a, a new journey, right? So they, they, are, they are used to put a price on a product and sell it, right? And, and then uh, get the cash flow instantly kicking in. So they're moving as well as they really develop this for the cloud to subscription models. And this is what we see as a standard in, in the industry, right? Uh, we have been doing that as well. Uh, obviously, in, in the cloud, um, we want as well to make sure that our partners can benefit as well from, from new models. And if you look, for example, at the business technology platform we're using as well, or we are offering as one of the, of, the, of the choices that the partners have, kind of a pay-as-you-go model, right? So we don't want them to, to buy the whole platform now. I mean, as they really start using the platform, they can continue to act, right? So those are the models that we see in the market. Are you at SAP, are you shifting to more of a consumption model yet? Are you going down that path? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the idea, right? So uh, we have defined a, I mean, if you look at our sales organization, it's not anymore a sales organization, right? We have transformed that into something that we call LACE, right? Which is an operating model. L of LACE stands for land, right? Which is basically selling, right? I mean, how do we land at the customer, right? But then the other piece is becoming super relevant, right? And that's something that in on-premise was probably not, not as relevant. But the, the A stands for adoption. So we want to make sure that uh, once they have bought something, they adopt it quickly, right? And that and here the role of the partner is as well very, very relevant, right? To make sure that the implementation is fast, that it really have a, has a, a, a quick return to, to the value that the, that the customer is expecting. And then once they finish with the adoption, we want to drive uh, the C, which is consumption, right? 
and here is what we're really gonna focus on because I mean if, if the consumption is is not is not there, then the customer will not expand, which is the E of delays, right? So those are the the function or the, the parts of the operating model that we're gonna be focusing a lot, right? Which is probably new to SAP, right? If you look at the past, that those are kind of the new components. Interesting. I know the layer model, but you've got the lake model, which is which is very very similar. But exactly, are others using that, or is that the SAP? model i mean that specific it's us i would say right but yes i mean if you look at uh, true cloud companies they put a lot of emphasis on the on the consumption piece right in the expansion right? that's what they really drives the business and and, uh, and to your point we still have a mixed model right with on-premise and, and cloud very aggressively moving to the cloud and this is why the elements of the adoption the consumption the expansion become super relevant yeah so your sales you said you don't really have a sales team do you have like a and land team, an adoption team, and a consumption team. How do you organize to that? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the at the uh, board level, right? We have it. Uh, and Scott Russell. He basically has these two motions, right, uh, on top of partnering. But he has a, a, a team that really takes care of, of selling, right, and then a team as well that is uh, taking care of uh, adoption, consumption, and expansion, right. So those are kind of the the two walls that we have there. But we're doing interesting things as well in the in the workforce, in the, in the Salesforce, right? In, in our Salesforce, we are uh, incentivizing them uh, for cloud, right? So I mean, cloud uh, gives you much more a uh, quota credit than than on premise, right? And then to your point, uh, we are as well looking at uh, expansion and, and consumption, right? Those elements as well included in the bonus plan, right? Even for the salespeople, so nobody's actually only compensated on sales anymore. Got you. And how are you driving this in the channel? Have you modernized your partner program to to also drive the whole land adopt and, and consumption through through the channel exactly so we're doing a, a number of things right the first one to the channel program we are evolving it right uh, in the on-premise times the more you sell the better partner you are full stop right in the cloud times it's uh, not anymore the same so what we're doing is we're moving to a competency-based um, a program right where we really reward our partners right and we incentivize our partners more and give them as well a higher status in the in the partner edge program for things like quality, like certification, like enablement, like getting ready, like redriving expansion, right? Uh, looking at renewals. I think those all those elements that were not, not there before are now included as well in the program, um, which is an evolution of the of the previous one we had where again uh, selling was taking you higher. Now it's actually the competencies that you have and the quality that you drive what really takes you higher. Because in the end, what we're going to drive with the partner as well is to uh, to have successful customers. Right, right. Which leads to more consumption. Uh, exactly, exactly. And this is one of them, right? And then, I mean, practically as well, on top of the program, what we're doing is we're driving a lot of enablement, right? We are supporting as well our partners to build their own capacity when it comes as well to uh, having teams that help adopting and expand and having teams as well that uh, really take care of, of the customer engagement uh, versus only selling. So we are helping as well the partners to set up those teams uh, internally and we are helping them with enablement. Uh, we are helping as well with some funding and uh, we're really driving that transformation uh, with the partners together. Yeah. How about your partner ecosystem? You mentioned you know these, these blending of partner types. You've had a channel for many, many years, so I'm, I'm assuming you have many, many different types of partners, you know, the nationals, the, the VARs, the GSIs, RSIs, everything in between, MSPs, I imagine. Have you, what other changes have you seen in the ecosystem or the importance of the ecosystem for, for your success? Yeah, I mean, 
as I mentioned before, I think the, the, the lines are blurring, right? I mean, if you look at the at the VARs, right, which I mean, they're very, oh, the business model was basically based on on selling and then implementing. They are starting as well to add an AP component, right? They're starting to build innovation. Yeah. If you look at the global SIs, right, the the big ones and even the regional ones as well, we see that they are investing a lot in building IP, right? So they have a lot of uh, knowledge as well in in the in the heads of their people. They are taking it out of their heads and really putting it in the form of IP, right? And, and really creating those verticals and, and the IP for the specific industries that they cover, right? In, in the form of, of IP in the cloud. Uh, and even if you look at uh, the, the ISVs, right? They are as well interested as well in offering not only the product, but really kind of going to market as well, right? How do they go to market? How do they sell it? How do they monetize it as well? So I, I believe that probably not now, right? But we I see as well a big move uh, into really not calling them anymore by partner type, but just calling them partners, right? I mean, and they would really have all of those components there and they will, will really drive, a, or their big mission will be to drive value for the customers in the cloud. What are you seeing in terms of the number of partners involved throughout that whole lake journey? I was just chatting about this with my team and Jay McBain calls it the layer cake, you know, multiple partners engaged. What, are you seeing that? Absolutely. I mean, I see two things. I think number one, I see... Uh, throughout this lace journey, I see partners involved every time and all the time, right? So there is no single deal, no single customer at SAP that will not have partners involved, right? In, in every single step of, of L, A, C, or E, right? Land, adopt, consume, and expand, there will be partners involved, right? And the more we involve partners, the more value we can create for the customer, right? That's number one. Why? Because we cannot do it alone, right? So SAP cannot really cover all the customers and all the steps of this process on, on our own. We need partners, right? And, and those will be the ones really adding value, right? And, and as I say, that SAP cannot do it alone. One single partner cannot do it alone either, right? So we need multiple partners, right? Each of them with their niche, with their speciality, uh, with their area that they are stronger than the others, right? And they can really add value. And I think they need to, we as a vendor need to be able as well to orchestrate that, right? I mean, this partner-to-partner collaboration will be key. Yeah. Allowing them to have a playground where they can all collaborate and make the customer successful and at the same time be profitable and earn money. Yeah, that whole partner-to-partner orchestration is really interesting. In fact, I'm going to have a guest on my show coming up where we're going to talk about that topic and, you know, the role that his company is doing in that and, and just how partners are driving it themselves. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to be key, right? And, and I agree. I think the vendor needs to kind of uh, support that and, and help those partners to collaborate. But to your point, I think the partners need to be ready as well, right? They need to do something as well for themselves. So, I mean, they cannot just wait for the vendor to do that. They need to reach out to their peers, right? And say, look, hey, there is a lot of opportunity here. If we partner, we can make this opportunity bigger, right? And you can get a piece of it and I can get a piece of it. And then on top of that, we're going to make the customer successful, right? That, that's That's all about have you guys figured out how to accurately track all that partner involvement? You almost need SAP just to, to track all of that involvement and engagement. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, right? And we are just starting. But yes, I mean, we have, we've been doing great steps into the, the visibility of the channel, right? So we can, track the, we can track, for example, for every customer, the projects that they are involved in. We know the, the partner that is involved. We will now as well, to some extent, the people of the partner that is involved in, in charge of, of those elements. And what we're working now is with that information that we have uh, to make sure that we can probably uh, very soon as well give it as well to the partner, right? Give the, the partners access to it so they know as well where the customer is, right, in, in the journey. And then that will trigger as well that collaboration, right? We want as well the partners uh, make visible to the partners what others are doing, right? And, and who is doing what, 
to make sure that the orchestration is there. So that's something that we can soon. What are your top channel goals, Carl, for the new year that you guys are driving towards? Yeah, I mean, the, the big one is making sure that we continue to help the partners to move to the cloud, right? So that will be the, the first one uh, with enablement, with the right um, economic models, with the right incentives, with the right funding. But we need the partners to continue to move to the cloud. Um, I mean, probably the, the second one in, in, the, in very line with the first one is I want to make sure that our partners don't only drive the move to the cloud, but actually drive transformation, right? So what the customers want is not only a migration, they really want a transformation, right? And that's what we need to make sure that the partners are enabled to do that, right? They need to stand up for this transformation, these high value services that they need to deliver, that will make them really different and that will make them win, right? So that, that's probably the other one. And then the, the third one, I would say, is the whole element of building IP, right? So we want to really continue to help the partners to build IP. We want to make sure that they do it on the platform, right? Or at least integrate it with our platform to make sure as well that, number one, the partners have a better economic model. And then for the partners, as they will have all the IP integrated there in, in, in our business technology platform, it will be as well easier for the partners to really go through further transformations during next years. Yeah, that IP obviously is a very big component of your strategy. That partner IP. Absolutely. A big one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We didn't touch on it. You mentioned the SAP marketplace. What role do the other marketplaces play? You know, there's the, um, the CSPs, the Amazon, the Azure marketplaces. Do those play a role in your strategy? Well, I mean, not really, right? I mean, we, uh, what we have is, is a marketplace where we um, focus on, on those partners that uh, have built a, an application that is relevant for the, for, our, for the SAP customers, right? Again, be in the platform, right? Developing in our platform or in other platforms, but really adding value to, to the SAP a, a product, right? So it could be an extension. It could be an integration. It could be a, an innovation that really kind of uh, adds on to, to, an, to an SAP solution. Uh, and we focus on that, right? It's, it's very uh, focused on, on SAP IP or, or IP uh, based on, on the SAP and, and partners that really are in the SAP ecosystem, right? So it's not very much linked with, with our marketplaces. Right. Gotcha. Okay. What about from a team perspective? Have you made any changes to how you structure your team or roles on your team? You mentioned, you know, because you changed kind of the Salesforce orientation. Very good question, right? And I'm just coming, I mean, we, we started the fiscal year right now in, in January, right? And we just announced as well a couple of, uh, actually a week ago, the new team setup, right? Uh, and, and again, as, as everything at SAP will continue to be a transformation, right? We need to make sure that, I mean, my team is as well cloud ready, that the mindset is there, that they really look at uh, creatively at new models to help the partners and so on. So that evolution will continue. Uh, but the first thing that I've done now after the three years uh, with a very stable setup, which was basically uh, looking at the partner times, right? So I, I had a leader that focused on, on the VARs, another one that focused on the SIs, another one that focused as well on the global SIs. So it was really partner-centric oriented. What I've done as well now to really reflect what's happening in the market is change that to a, a I mean, partner type agnostic organization, right? Really, I look at, at the partner motion, right? And basically I have someone that really consolidates all the recruitment efforts, right? And, and look at all the white spaces that we have from an IP perspective, really working very closely with our development team and looking at, okay, what are the opportunities for the partners to build? Once we have that ready, that goes into the next bucket of my organization, which is basically make the partners ready and activate the partners, right? Readiness, enablement, training, certification, and then the whole element of, of activation, demand generation campaigns, hackathons, and so on. And then once the demand is created, right, and, and the partners are ready, 
then it moves into the next big bucket, which is going to be a monetization, right? I mean, how do we help the partners to monetize? So yes, I mean, big changes as well in our side. Interesting. So those are kind of the three groupings or buckets of teams that you have. Exactly. Fascinating. Very good. Well, that's fantastic. Um, a lot of great information there, Carl. I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. You mentioned you're, you have dual nationality. You've been with SAP for many, many years. What brought you to the channel? How did you land on the channel in the first place? Well, I actually started my career at Microsoft, right? When I was just um, fresh from university and I was always like passionate about new technologies and so on. And that was the the, the, the early days of the internet, right? And in, in e-commerce and so on. And so I got really in, into that, right? And I said, well, look, I mean, there's something I want to explore. I had the opportunity to join Microsoft. Uh, and then Microsoft uh, was back then and continues to be a very partner-led company, right? So I think they do basically 95% through the channel. And that's where I got my passion about channel partners, right? And, and, and partnering in general, really um, elements like collaboration, elements like uh, really, I mean, I mean, being creative as well about how do we add value to the customers? How do we create uh, new business models? How do you really grow through a, a, a an ecosystem of, of companies that are not yours, right? But I mean, are somehow connected, right? That really uh, was something that, I mean, I was really uh, very passionate about. And then as I continue as well my journey in other companies like Oracle or Computer Associates, I've been always in, in, in channel or partner roles. And, and then I joined SAP, right? So always always on the partner side. Well, and you've been with some big brand companies too. Fantastic. Fantastic experience, I'm sure, with all of them. Absolutely. And you can learn from, from all of them, right? I mean, uh, I've been, again, at Microsoft, I was really kind of basically 100% partner-oriented, uh, right? But the, I mean, if you look at their, their partner a program, especially when I was there back then, they had like this a two-tier model, right? That was working very well for them, right? Then I went to Oracle, right? And, and Oracle two-tier didn't exist. And it was like more kind of a, a first-tier, right? One-tier partnering with a, with larger players, right? That gives you another dimension of partnering, right? Then when I moved actually to CA, Computer Associates, that was interesting because they were not at all partner-friendly, right? So it was really a direct um, selling company, and uh, and that was as well. I mean, and my my role was actually to kind of uh, build a channel for the small and mid-sized enterprise market. So there was a lot of breaking with the old culture and a kind of changing the mind shift and or the mindset of the people and so on. So that was as well very interesting. So many different, even in the channel and the partnering, uh, you can change company. You still have a very very different experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Are you in a two-tier model now at SAP? We are, I mean, we are more one tier, right? We had as well two tier models in the past, uh, especially I mean, through acquisitions that we made, right? So the first one was, I believe, business objects, right? And, and Sybase. So they had as well a two tier model. And we have been testing that as well in some regions. But I mean, if you look at SAP, it's more kind of a high value um, solutions, right? So it's more one tier approach that we drive. Right. Got you. And are you part of a, a channel think tank as well? Yeah, I've been doing that for, for a while, right? I was. Uh, so the first one I joined was uh, Penton, right? And um, I think it was a couple of uh, times there in uh, Silicon Valley. And then we did as well a couple of uh, think tanks and, and, and workshops as well. And then some others as well in the US, right? And I've been joining uh, quite regularly as well. Now through the, pand- through the pandemic, uh, we don't meet so regularly, right? But I think it's always good to, to be in touch with the peers of the industry and the expert as well, right? And then uh, other companies like Workspan, uh, I follow as well Jay, obviously, very closely. I have as well touched with him. So I think it's always good to be connected because, I mean, I've been always passionate about the partner business, right? But if you look now at the opportunity, especially with the cloud, um, the future will be partnering, right? And that's always what Jay says, right? It's 
it's basically kind of the next revolution. It really is. Yeah. It's, this is my think tank, the, the podcast. <laughs> and being able to talk with, with so many great channel leaders, it's, it's really fantastic. What do you enjoy doing outside the channel? Do you have other passions? Well, I mean, it doesn't allow me to, to have a lot of time, right? Obviously, as you can imagine, especially now with the COVID times, I'm in this room here, basically locked down every day, right? From, from very early in the morning to very late at night. But yes, I mean, I've, I've been always a, a sports lover. I love sports. I mean, I've been playing soccer at a quite high level as well when I was younger. Um, I, I love going I mean, running. Um, I love as well playing tennis. I love golf. I mean, any kind of sport I love, I really love, right? So that's uh, what I'm passionate I mean, whatever I can do outside is something that I love, right? In the nature and uh, with fresh air, right? And, and then the other one is my family as well. So I have as well three kids, um, which I love as well spending time with them. And, uh, and sometimes uh, here in the lockdown, it's getting as well too extreme. So sometimes I really want to fly again, but uh, <laughs> I really enjoy them as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Carl, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for sharing all of that. Was there any question that I didn't ask you that you were, were hoping I might ask you? No, I think we, I mean, we touched all the, the, the big topics, right? And, and I just maybe just in, in closing from my side, I really believe that um, customers need partners, right? They need really advisors and they need uh, people that are close to them, right? And, and again, it, it will not only be one partner, it will be many of them. I think that's what the customers really want, to extract the value of the best of the best. And the best of the best is not only one company, it's an ecosystem of companies, right? And I think that ecosystem well orchestrated will create a, a, the value that customers are looking for, right? And that generates the growth uh, and that generates as well the, the future for the vendors like SAP and others, right? So the ecosystem is going to be key, has been always key, I believe, but now as we move to the cloud, it will be key for customers. It will be key as well for the vendors. So that's kind of the, the glue that takes us or brings everything together and really makes as well this economy really to, to, to boom, actually, right? Carl, you might have to push for a new title to, to Chief ex, uh, Ecosystem Officer. Exactly. That's the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You work on that. Best of luck in 22. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be here with you. Okay. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. There you go, guys. Carl shared some really important things to consider in your partner strategy. What are you doing to help partners build and deliver IP around your product offering to create targeted customer solutions? And what are you doing to drive partner-to-partner -partner collaboration? That's actually a topic we're going to explore further in an upcoming episode. Carl, thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you for listening, and thanks again to our sponsor, Allbound. Are you looking for an easier way to manage deal registration, a better way to track partner opportunities? Do you want to make it easier for your partners to access all of your sales and marketing materials, as well as trainings and certifications? Be sure to check them out at allbound.com. For today's show notes, just go to channeljourneys.com slash CJ82. You can subscribe while you're there. We have got a lot more great interviews coming up that you won't want to miss. Until then, have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.